0: That's investher, H-E-R, con.com, promo code 100, best ever to get $100 off your ticket.
1: I knew I had to just do something. And if I failed, I would have failed. So I think that's that's the part. But once you get in... This is your chance. Work your ass off and get it
0: done. Real quick, before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off. And that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to TenantScreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. make the smart move right from the start. Smart moves online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant, which will help you avoid potential problems such as non payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try smart move tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how SmartMove can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with SmartMove's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with SmartMove's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion SmartMove, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Mo Blurian. How you doing, Mo?
1: Hey, Joe. What's going on?
0: I'm looking forward to our conversation and a little bit about Mo. He is the founder of Gray Hill Capital. He's a 25-year-old real estate investor with 100 units in his portfolio him and his partner have a private equity firm, and they syndicate deals based in Brooklyn and are investing in upstate New York. With that being said, Mo, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus?
1: 100%. So we're primarily focused on multifamily um, in upstate New York, just like you said. I'm a little bit about um, what I've done the past two years. I got into real estate about two years ago, roughly started off in sales. I got my real estate license. At that point, I was pretty lost in regards to my career. I was actually a computer science major. I really had no direction. Started off with my real estate license, did a few sales, was great at it. I thought I was great at it. But at that point, I realized there was really more to it. So I tried to find a different direction in regards to real estate. What other options are there out there? And then I found real estate investing, And it kind of uh, it blew my mind. The concept, just everything was just incredible. And I made it my goal to start investing. I had about in equity at that time. And just under a year ago, I bought my first duplex, just over a year ago, actually, bought my first duplex. And since then, we've acquired just under 100 units. And we also have our own self-managing company. So essentially, we don't give any of our properties to third vendors. We created a sister company with our company as well. And it's just been phenomenal. Life is incredible. And it's been a crazy ride.
0: Let's unpack that. I'd love to dig in there and learn more. You bought your first duplex how long ago?
1: I closed on February 1st of 2018.
0: Okay, about a year ago, you bought your first duplex. And then what happened?
1: <laughs> so at that point, that was probably the hardest deal I've ever done. It was my the first duplex. time. It was, just like a, it was a duplex, yeah, which okay. is crazy. But it was a complete god job. Honestly, the second time I saw the property, it was at a great price. I'm like, I just want it. I don't even care. I had the cash. Let's just do it. Let's just get it over with. It turned out to be about a four-month job, even though it's planned to be about two months. And we got it done. We got it rented. And from there, I bought another duplex and then another duplex after that. And then at that point, I realized I really need to expand. And I have something over here because the market in upstate was just so phenomenal. Coming from Brooklyn, and obviously, I'm sure you know what the, the market is over here in the city. It's sure. ridiculous. You can't buy. Yep. Um, and then I realized, it, it hit me, that I can drive an hour and a half from New York City and I can buy a duplex for $80,000? Are you kidding me? And then from there, it makes sense. I'm renting it out for about a 1000 a unit. It all kind of clicked. And from there, I really knew I needed to expand. I obviously had weaknesses. My primary focus, what I'm good at is management and acquisitions. I got a partner that really understood the back end of things and also really understood the management part of it. We got a contract on 21 units over the summer. And then since then, we've just uh, really been buying, getting investors and just, and just growing.
0: How did you find that 21 unit? It
1: actually was a hidden gem in Orange County, and it was just a property that was mismanaged. The owners didn't care, because in upstate New York, you have a lot of investors that are coming from the city. They just put the park, their money there, the hire a management company, and it's just like mismanaged and misused. It wasn't the greatest building, but we got in there. The tenants were, weren't, weren't the greatest, but we kind of cleaned it out already. We realized the rent market in that city is just ridiculous, way more than what we projected. So now that deal is just, we're looking at right now um, about, we're offering, we're giving our investors about a 16% return right now annually on that deal. So it's just going phenomenally oh, 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 amazing well. and about a 16% return annually on wow. that deal
0: right now. You said it's mismanaged, but how did you find the deal? We found the deal, it was on market. Just a
1: broker that was in my area realized that I'm looking for a deal in upstate, Random broker and he, he just said, I have this deal, 21 unit. He had a hard time selling it, it was in the market for like six months. He bought 21 units for about $610,000.
0: And how did you get in contact with that broker? Do you remember? Yeah, so just a friend I was still in touch with. He actually primarily
1: focuses on the Bronx. But a lot of these brokers in the Bronx, in the city, they, they randomly have these, these deals in upstate. Because obviously upstate's not their focus. So when they do, I'm really on top of those, every one of those deals that come out.
0: Okay. And you said it was for 610000 Did I hear that right? Correct. 610000 <laughs> $610,000 is the purchase price for this deal. How much did you need to raise in order to get that deal done?
1: So, the total equity I needed to raise was $347,000. And it was obviously very, very difficult. I would say the hardest part of my business currently as a 25 year old investor is getting investors, but it's been going pretty great over the past few months. But it was a $347,000 raise.
0: Of the $347,000, how many investors does that comprise of?
1: Well, if I'm not mistaken, we had a 50K minimum to get in. I believe it was comprised of about seven investors. Seven? Uh, I believe it's seven, correct.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. And of those seven, thinking of those seven, I'm not looking for names, but think of the person who brought the most amount of equity. Was there one who brought more than others?
1: Oh, 100%. Um, how, so did me, you, being, how did you know that? Yeah. For sure. It was a family friend who actually suggested an, another individual that just had money and wanted to invest. And uh, he had about a million dollars in at that point. So I believe he invested 150,000. So that, that was the biggest, that was the biggest sure. one. The rest of them were just, half of it. were just. Yeah, that, that was phenomenal. Right away we clicked and it just worked. But again, being a 25 year old investor, I have a lot of friends that are just starting out their careers. Right. So they have one guy, 10,000 here, 15,000 here. So <laughs> it was funny to put that together, but it ended up really working out really well. So I'm, I'm currently invested with a lot of my friends, which makes it a lot of fun.
0: Uh-huh, makes it a lot of fun. What about the relationship with one of your friends or all of your friends has changed, if anything, since they've invested with you?
1: Honestly, it's become a lot better. In my circle, like I said, there's not that many people that are that are doing what I'm doing. So they just want to grow with me. I, I've realized the best part about raising money and being in my position, at least, is that I know that I have a friend that's becoming a doctor, I have a friend that's becoming a lawyer. These guys will grow with me. They invested 10000 with me on my first deal, but I know that's going to grow and, we're, and our relationship is going to grow. And it's just, the, the, our relationship has just grown. We're talking about business now, and it's just, it's just an incredible experience.
0: You live in Brooklyn. The property's an hour and a half away from you. How do you get to and from the property?
1: We actually invested currently in two cities. We're invested actually in Orange County, but also invested in the Capital Region. So that's three hours away. So I drive. Again, having a, a managing company as well, we have a setup. up property managers that have small salaries. We have guys that we can depend on consistently through the night and through the day. And I'm driving generally once or twice a week, three hours at least back and
0: forth to when, the properties. When you make a point to drive out there, why are you driving out there versus having your team handle it?
1: Because I've realized if you really want to get stuff done, you got to be there. What's
0: an example of that? Yeah.
1: For example, when I first started, I had some guys that were working for me who just weren't getting the job done. So I, I made it a priority for me or my partner to go there to the property, stay there the entire day while they completed the entire job. I believe it was She Rock that needed to go up for a hallway it wasn't going up, and I was, we were getting very, very frustrated. I Basically, I didn't stand on top of him, but I was there the entire day while I got the job done. I got the job done. Sometimes you need to really be on top of these guys, but then as you grow and you create a relationship with them, that's where you can really focus on acquisitions. My partner, thank God, focuses on management as well, so it works out really well. But whenever I'm in the city, I'm primarily focusing on looking at properties and also a, a part of the day through, with management.
0: The 21 unit, and then we'll get into some of the other properties that you've gotten since then. I assume, is it a value-add play where you're renovating and increasing rents, or are you doing something else? 100%. Okay. No, 100%. Just talk to us about the business plan a little bit, please. 100%. You got it.
1: Again, all properties are value-add. What the focus is in upstate New York, I feel. But in this specific deal, we got in where the rents were low. Again, like I said, mismanaged. It's as simple as putting in floating floors, painting the room, putting in a new kitchen. It's that simple. I'm sure sometimes on these smaller deals, you don't really need to do much in order to increase the rent. So that's what we've been focusing on. We've been slowly, we, I didn't get in there, cause havoc, evict everybody and make a whole entire mess. We've slowly been going through the units and just tenants just leaving naturally. We've just been turning over the units and increasing rent by 30, 30, 40% sometimes. So it's been pretty incredible.
0: How much do you need to put into each of the units in order to get that thirty to forty percent rent increase?
1: Okay, so we had a sixty thousand turnover budget. We usually have about forty to fifty thousand dollars in contingency. So I would say roughly between three and four thousand to really, really make a unit really nice. And I'm talking about again, like floating floors, new kitchen, enough where they can like really live a happy life and be really satisfied. And that's really our end goal.
0: And will you break down that price a little bit in terms of what makes up the three to 4000 for anyone who's looking to do renovations on apartment unit, just so they have an idea of where the big costs come from?
1: I think the real big issue when it comes to renovation is the labor. We figured out that if we can cut down the labor as much as possible, I'm not saying underpaying our workers, then our, our renovations will come down. Uh, come down. end of the day, the cost of buying floating floors 79 cents a square foot, that, that's not gonna change. Putting in a, a decent kitchen for about 1,000, 1,200 bucks, that's not gonna change. It's really the labor about, about getting it done. We have supers that, that we have on each of our properties that are consistently doing work for us during the day. So we're with them. We make sure that they can live a happy life, our workers in a sense, that we, 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 we supply them with with a home. We constantly have jobs for them around the clock. And with that, they give us fair prices in return so that we can keep to that that minimum. So I I wouldn't say it's really a a, a per product cost. It's pretty standard. I mean, we buy all our stuff in Home Depot right now. That's just really, we're not that big yet. But it's really about thinking about the labor that really uh, has to be prioritized.
0: The type of financing you got on it, will you talk a little bit about that? 100%. So
1: we got a a pretty standard loan, 25 year out of five and a quarter. We ended up getting about 75% loan to value, about a $480,000 loan. And um, we're paying about, I would say, 35000 a year. Our NOI is roughly about fifty-five k on that.
0: And where did you get the loan from? So we got from a local bank,
1: upstate New York. I'm not sure if you're familiar, in most cities. It's very difficult to get a loan on these properties when you're in the city. So we found our best bet to be local banks. Uh, we're using a bank called Ulster Bank in upstate New York. And it's, it's hard to, as you know, it's pretty hard to, to get a loan, then refi from the same bank. I wish it was that easy. But local banks are the way to go in upstate New York. That, that's what we realized,
0: 100%. How many banks did you go to before you were able to get this loan? To tell you the
1: truth, my partner did most okay. of that work. He's the back-end guy. Sure. Um, he did most of the phone calls and research. I don't think it was that much because, again, it was the debt to cover ratio was almost, almost a three. So it was not really it was not really it was not really that hard to get a loan on that right
0: Thank God. all right that's a good ratio right there <laughs> that's a phenomenal ratio, yeah, and I'm sure most of the best ever listeners know what banks look for, but I mean at least like a one point two five is what they look for, so if you're at a three then that's some good cash flow okay, so that's a twenty one unit. And now after the 21 unit, you had 21 plus your duplex. So that is 23 total units, correct?
1: So at that point, I actually had 25 because I bought another duplex after my first duplex. And that, that actually okay. turned out to be my best deal that I ever bought, which
0: All is right. pretty funny. All right. So 25 units. Let's skip over that second duplex. Let's get into the larger stuff. So you got 25 units at this point after you close on the 21. Today, you're at 100. So fill in the gap please.
1: For sure. So we've closed since then on another 10 unit in the same city. Another duplex. And the biggest one that we bought, we bought a 56 unit portfolio in the capital region. Consisted of a bunch of duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes. We bought them from an investor. Really was not a slumlord, thank God. And he really took care of his properties. And we got him at a really, really great price. It was a long-term relationship created with him. And we were the first one who he came to us first. So that turned to be a phenomenal deal. So well, that's probably the biggest deal.
0: Please educate me and the listeners on it was a long-term relationship. Will you elaborate on that?
1: So I met him on BiggerPockets, actually. I wish I was more active on BiggerPockets. I'm actually listening to your podcast here and there. I know I, I get, get your tips a little bit here and there. But I met him through BiggerPockets, and it was about a year that we were talking on and off. First, let's not going to lie. And when I, when I started, I, w- I was a newbie. It wasn't easy at first, and it isn't easy now. So he kind of was guiding me here and there about what needs to be done and what doesn't what, what we shouldn't do and what we should do. And after about a year when he knew that we had equity, I mean we had we had the money ready to go. We, we were able to raise. We've raised so far just about I would say up to date about three three and a half million dollars. So at that point he gave a deal. He trusted me, and he was the first one. I was the first one
0: he came to. When you initially spoke to him via bigger pockets, was that to talk to him about his portfolio or was that to connect in general?
1: Connect in general. Again, that was the time where I was really going through my renovation on my first property. Okay. And at that point, I didn't know he owned that much. It happens to be in, when you're dealing with investors in upstate New York, there are a ton of investors up there, thank God, which is it's a great thing. So everybody owns these smaller, smaller, smaller portfolios. I had no idea that he owned something like this. But when the time came, he and she offered it to me. And that's really how it went
0: that is a long-term play-ish. I mean, it was within a year. So how many times did you communicate with this person over that year time frame approximately?
1: So the real way the deal ended up happening was through a broker that I was very, very close with. So obviously, being networking within the city, I talked to a lot of brokers. It was funny because it was very, very weird how it happened because the broker and him are really, really good friends. It kind of happened that they both kind of proposed it to me. And now that I think back, it was a very, very unique situation because I had a relationship with him and the broker, but the broker was his main man. So we all trusted each other, which made the deal happen. But these deals don't really happen that often. They're big transfers. Sure. So it was actually a really fast closing and we closed in about, I would say, uh, two months. And we made it easy for him and it just just happened.
0: That is a lightning quick closing, especially since... It's a 56-unit portfolio that's made up of duplexes, triplexes, and fourplexes, because that's a lot harder to do due diligence on than just a 56-unit apartment community. How'd you do that?
1: So to tell you the truth, a lot of it was trust. I knew who he was. Unfortunately, as you know, this is a big problem, I think, in the current world that we live in regards to the real estate community. There are lords out there. I deal with a lot of tenants on a daily basis that are coming from awful, awful situations. So something you got to be really careful on when you're buying is to really not buy from a slumlord because chances are, they don't care about the property. They're buying digital closures, putting no money into it, renting it out for the most that they can get. And usually it's a gut that has makeup on. It. So from there, it was really just the walkthrough. We didn't do an inspection, none of that. I had no interest in doing all that because I knew what kind of owner he was. And I knew that he had a great setup. The tenants loved him. The properties, again, we've owned them for almost six months now, a little bit less, and we've had barely any problems. And we just went through a really cold winter. So thank God, really, on a normal deal, you can really tell by walking through the properties the first time what kind of owner you're dealing with.
0: How much money did you raise for that deal? So we ended up raising just over a million dollars
1: in equity. And we actually had a a 1031 on that, and that was the hardest thing ever with the whole oh, tick gosh. situation. It was honestly, I would never try it I do that again. I'm not sure I did. It was very stressful, very time-consuming. Even though that investor put up $430,000, which is incredible, I don't think it was worth it because yeah. we had a lot of investors, thank God.
0: Yep. So you are jumping in the deep end quickly. The plot thickens the more and more we hear the story. I love it. I love that we're having this conversation. A couple things. One, you raised a little over a million dollars. And you said you did the walkthrough, but you didn't do an inspection. So I imagine, but perhaps not, some investors are like, well, what due diligence do you do? And if you had said at the time, which turned out to be correct, it sounds like, but if you had said at the time, Mrs. Investor, the owner, he's got a great reputation. I've known him from this online website for about a year. <laughs> Worry about it. The tenants love him. We don't need an inspection and I'm not going to do an inspection. What was your answer to that question? I'm sure it wasn't exactly what I just said. So what did you say?
1: To tell you the truth, my investors trust me.
0: And in the end of the day, it is a good question. It's a very good question. It happens to be. Obviously,
1: we did not get asked that question at all. And to tell you the truth, we felt that this was the way to get the deal done. We got a deal at a great price. We negotiated Perfectly, we, we took out the properties that we needed to take out. Trust, there was some properties that needed work in there. Mm-hmm. It actually started off as about a 66 unit. We took about we took we took 10 units out because we were interested, okay. and we sold them individually. So it's not like we just we just went and bought the entire the entire thing and just moved forward. I Meaning we didn't get into the guts of the property, but we knew exactly what we were buying. We knew which properties needed to work. We knew which properties had roof problems. We knew which properties had a little bit of flooding in the basement, and we're going through now. We're, we're kind of right now we're turning over two or three units a month and increasing the rents by like 10, 20%. And our net is just climbing and climbing on a monthly basis. And it's just deals becoming a, an absolute home run. And we're looking to
0: buy more of them. What type of financing did you get on the deal? So, so this is interesting because we actually ended up getting a hard money loan on it.
1: So to tell you the truth, my partner is the whiz because he was in financing originally. Our end goal Is to get our investors cash out as soon as possible, as you know. Mm -hmm. So we decided that we're getting on different banks. We're getting six and a half, close to seven percent quotes. We ended up getting a hard money guy for just under a nine percent, and we ended up getting a sixty-six percent loan-to-value covered, and that enables us to pay that off for about eighteen months. So essentially, post that, we're going to be able to own it full and clear, and at that point do a complete refinance because we, if understand, we bought these properties almost 30 to 40% below market.
0: What was the purchase price for the 56 unit portfolio? 2.2 million. So to get it, even to value them at a
1: 10 cap, I'm only going to need to take out about 65% in order to get my money out. Hmm. And that's being generous. So that was kind of our plan going in because again, our goal is to get our investors money as soon as possible. They were all in. So that was kind of the way we went forward.
0: What's your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: My best real estate advice, I think, is to really jump in. I think in the end of the day, people start off very, very, very late. I can't look at it as a guy who's 30 years old. I can't look at it as a guy who's 35 years old. But in my eyes, I knew that I had zero risk as a 22-year-old. There was no risk that I had to take. I knew I had to just do something. And if I failed, I would have failed. So I think that's I think that's the power. That, that and just but once you get in, this is your chance. Work your ass off and get it done.
0: We're gonna do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? let's do it. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you own a rental property, TransUnion Smart Move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Have you heard about the latest podcast for entrepreneurs called Tough Decisions? Listen to Dan and Danae Hanford as they interview successful people from around the world about tough decisions as entrepreneurs. Visit toughdecisions.net and be sure to subscribe to their free weekly entrepreneurial email. That's toughdecisions.net. Best ever book you've recently read? Best ever book
1: i recently read was by Gary Keller, The One Thing. I really enjoyed it. But the best book I ever read, just because it's a classic, it's a cliche, I know everybody says it, but it was rich that for that because that really was the one who got me in. I recently also read your book, which was an incredible book. Best, Best ever multifamily syndication.
0: Thank you for that. Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal was my second duplex. I bought it for
1: $50,000 and it's yielding me about $17,000 a year after refi.
0: What's a mistake you've made on a transaction?
1: The biggest mistake was not starting earlier. I was delayed with college, unfortunately, which was an incredible opportunity for me. So I would have learned so much more if I would have jumped in a little bit earlier. And the other mistake was using my property manager rather as my contractor. Huge mistake. No one should ever do that.
0: Best ever way you like to give back to the community.
1: I give ten percent of my income back to charity. No matter what I'm doing, I that's the way that everybody should do it. I believe that it's a beautiful thing. So no matter how much I make if I make ten thousand, if I make a hundred thousand, if I make two hundred thousand, I will always give ten percent or a little bit more than that back to charity.
0: How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on?
1: Like reach me on LinkedIn, I'm pretty big on that. Mobiliarian We just had a website, grayhillcapitalholdings.com. And my email is mo at grayhillholdings.com.
0: Mo, really enjoyed our conversation. And you have broken through the barrier that a lot of investors come across when they live in a city like New York City or like Los Angeles or Miami, where there's just not a lot of room for investing the traditional value-add approach. So you just took it an hour and a half north. And in some cases, three hours north and are able to make that happen. And then love the case studies and the deals that you've done. And I love that you talked to us about the specifics and we got really into the nitty gritty stuff. So congrats on everything you've done today and really enjoyed our conversation. Hope you have the best ever day and we'll talk to you again soon. I
1: really appreciate that, Joe. Have a great day and I hope to talk to you soon.
0: Have you heard about the latest podcast for entrepreneurs called Tough Decisions. Listen to Dan and Danae Hanford as they interview successful people from around the world about tough decisions as entrepreneurs. Visit toughdecisions.net and be sure to subscribe to their free weekly entrepreneurial email. That's toughdecisions.net.